Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Today we got a couple special guests with us. I am excited for, I'm standing right in front of Spencer. Sorry about that, Spencer. Spencer and Jazz, there come some of our young guns, and I only call them young because they're younger than I am. It has no derogatory, um, it's not meant to be derogatory in any way, and um, but they're going to be sharing, you know, in a little bit, some of their own heart for the house stories and experiences. It's going to be so good. You are in for a treat. But, you know, before they come, you might be wondering, what is heart for the house? Maybe online you're watching and you're thinking, oh my gosh, is this something worth staying tuned in for? Absolutely it is. You want to hear these two guys. And so, but even more than that, church in the room. You know what? Some of you might be new to city life and what is heart for the house? Well, Heart for the House is actually, it's a series. We take a couple weeks during the year, every year, to talk about the what and the why of this thing called church. This, this what we're about, what we're a part of, what we're connected to, and not church, the institution, not church, my weekly routine, not church, my weekly escape from the big, bad world, but church, God's body in the world. Everybody say, I am a body part. I'm a body I am a body part, and you are a good looking body part, even if you are a weird body part. Every body part is good. But you know what Paul said in Ephesians 1.23? He said, God's body, I love this, in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. I love that. God's role, the church is not an outdated, antiquated institution. It is literally the living body of God on the planet to bring God's presence wherever it goes. It is not a gap, just a gathering. The gathering is important as much as the extending is important. Your body needs to inhale, yes. It also needs to exhale, yes. Our inhaling is our gathering together. Gathering together as God's church is as important as the exhaling, which means we go out and we carry God's life wherever we go. That is not changed. That will never change. But the need for God's house, I think, is more important than ever. Anybody else agree? If you agree online, give us a thumbs up, clap, whatever you want to, you know, fist pump, boom, boom, whatever you want to do online. It's more important than ever. And, you know, Jesus, he once said this about the church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't be able to prevail against it. And I think we can agree there's a lot of hell trying to show itself lately. Yes, there is a lot trying to show in this time, in this place. If you're tuning in, maybe watching months or years from now, it's kind of a weird space that we're in. COVID zone, whatever crazy zone you want to call it. But there is, there's a lot of things that it, it looks like there's a lot of hell. And maybe even in your life personally, it feels like there's been a lot of hell showing itself lately. You know what? This is what I know about God's church. It is made to thrive yeah. in the most 
horrific, in the most challenging, in the most toughest of environments. It is not, it thrives, it gets stronger, it gets more vibrant. But not only does the church thrive, it also gets stronger. It is made to bring light and life when the world is in darkness and when the world is in despair. That is when the church is meant to shine the brightest. Now, it might look yeah. different, it might be different, but that's what it is meant to be. How many of you are glad you are part of the church? I'm part of the church. I'm not talking about membership attendance. I'm talking about knowing you are connected to something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And so, before these guys come up, it's going to be good. I want to read this verse. Paul's instructions to his young wingman named Timothy. In Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul said, and you know, a lot of scholars believe that Timothy was kind of like an older teenager, young 20-something when he was on, went on a lot of different trips, mission trips with Paul, when Paul was grooming him to lead a church in what many believe was in the city at that time of Ephesus, which was one of the biggest centers and actually one of the biggest churches they believe at the time. It was a young guy, and this is what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Timothy, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, a lot of times that verse is used by older people to the younger people saying, you're supposed to be a good example to your peers. You're supposed to be a good example. Be a good person. You know what? It's actually kind of not what he's talking about. That word example literally means to strike with force. It means to leave an imprint or mark on something. Isn't that cool? So... This is what I want to ask. Can we open our hearts and let God's word that's going to come through the guys hit and make a mark and make an imprint on us? Can we open our hearts? You know what? We're not just, these aren't just like, the, you know, the, the cute guys that we're just giving a go at it. You know what? They got a powerful, powerful word. And so I really believe what God's put, not just what, not, not only what God's put in them, but what God's put on them. You know what? If you get an open heart, it can change your life. It can change your heart. It can leave an imprint that can mark you. So, Jazz, go for it. Everybody give Jazz a hand. Do I move this? Oh, thank you. Okay. Go for it. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, hi. For those that don't know me, my name is Jazz. And um, being a part of this church, I have to say, as a Silly Life community, I have to say, it's probably one of the biggest blessings in my life. Um, it's just such a great community to be a part of. But to be honest, like church for me didn't start out like that. Um, my parents had to work super hard just to even get us to engage to anything Jesus related. Um, like every Sunday, I remember my parents would try to make us come to church. But then me and my brothers would fake sleep so hard that they're just gonna give up eventually. And so the Bible did say that two is better than one, and there was three of us in the, in the family. So there's three boys who would fake sleep so hard to the point that it's like, by the time they got us moving, they would have been late for church already. So um, I remember that, but when they do win, we sleep at church anyways. So guys, like we were really bad. <laughs> My mom is over there, she's like, ah, yep. Um, but it wasn't that the church wasn't good. It just felt like it wasn't for us. We didn't really connect. We didn't see how people were. I felt like there was just a generational gap 
that I didn't know like what was happening. A gap in which I see the people and who they are now. I love all the 70 people, the 70 year old people and plus, but I just see who they are now, but I never got to see how they lived it, what they did or like how they got there, the decisions they made. And you noticed that. And so, and there was just a disconnection. And so I was 17 uh, when we first got connected to church. Um, a friend of ours invited us to come to church who don't even come here. They just came to visit. It's like, ah. Come to this church. I'm like, all right, cool. But um, on the first day, I remember this lady. She invited us to come to um, Fusion because there was three teenagers, and so she invited us. And so it was really cool because you didn't know how much of an impact that invitation was. And so when you're intentional with your conversations with people, you don't really know how powerful it is. Because that one conversation she had with us put me on a path where I'm going to get involved in church, where I'm actually going to start believing in Jesus. And I love all of that. Because if she didn't invite us, I don't know if I could have mustered up the courage to even want to go. Um, but so yeah, so we went to Fusion. One of the hard things was getting to know people and connecting with people. But eventually, you have to realize that relationship isn't instant. Relationship building isn't something so quick that happens to you. You yourself, too, have to work through it. You have to endure through the uh, awkward conversation, the, um, the feeling of boredom of some nights, or even the feeling of insecurity that I might not fit in. You have to fight all those and keep on coming because you can't expect to build those relationships you want if you're not even present. So, and being honest, it took us months before really we really felt like we fit in and it was all worth it. Because the more and more I, we came, the more and more I came to realize that the church isn't just a service we go to. It isn't a building. It isn't a teaching, the lifestyle, or any of that. The church is the people. The church is us, and the church is you. And yes, that means all the adults, the kids, and the teens. And speaking of teens, like I serve in CLY, and I spend a lot of time in the teens. So I love being able to do that. And um, just can I say an encouragement to the teens? There are some of you out there right now, I'm looking at the camera, because uh, a lot of them probably slept in. Um, but, um, but there are some of you out there right now wanting to be different than everyone, to stand out, yet be wanted and fit in. But looking for that, and you kept looking for that one thing that's going to make you happy and complete. And so you're trying to fit in, living to impress and please people. But let me tell you, I bet you those people don't, aren't even paying attention because they're too focused on themselves trying to do the exact same thing. And so some of you spend so much time following a culture that changes faster than Alberta's weather. And so, like, guys, it, it's, it's real. And so that to the point that you look just like everyone else. So if you want to be known, recognized, and be attractive to others around you, I just want to encourage you, be counterculture. Teens, live a culture that, is, that has a higher standard than everyone else. If you see everyone else sleeping around, save yourself. Say that you are more worth it to somebody else in the future. You want to save your one for yourself for that one, that hubby, that wife, you don't, you don't know. And so, and everyone is drinking around you, smoking weed and doing drugs and whatnot. Say not. Let me surround myself with people who's going to let me grow and be who I want to be in the future. And so let's just listen, because teens, how you live your life will shape the culture you live in. And it's up to you whether you want to leave a legacy of brokenness or you want to lead a legacy of unity and fulfillment. And so you need to realize that because do you want to look like everyone else or be who God created you to be? 
God said you're a masterpiece, so live like it. So, and as for the adults, <laughs> um, the way you live your life matters too. Because 17-year-old me didn't see or didn't read, didn't become who I am because I read the Bible or listened well to the service. The biggest factor that shaped me to who I am today were the people that surrounded me. I watched the people that, um, that God surrounded me with, the relationships. And the stories of what Jesus has done through their lives, I have to say, is the biggest impact in my life. It was the people who lived their Jesus that, that Jesus has touched. The adults that poured into me that allowed me to grow into who I am. And so there's always somebody watching. And I came to realize that as this generation grows, 17-year-old um, me, so does we realize that as the generation grows, so does the importance of the church. We're here to represent Jesus as the church. And if the church is you and me, somewhere out there or in this room, a 17-year-old me is ready to hear what God has done through you. In 1 Peter 2, verse 21... Oh, did I go over? Oh, I didn't see. Um, but First uh, Peter two twenty one it says, "For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in His steps." So as you live this life for God, know that as you follow in His footsteps, someone else is watching you. Someone out there, there's a younger generation being influenced by how you represent God. And so church, I just want to encourage you that who you are and who you represent will shape the next generation to be. There is a calling in each one of us to represent God, to reach out to people that only you can reach. Because again, the church isn't a building. It's not the service you go to, the teaching or the lifestyle. The church is the people and the church is us and the church is you. So represent Jesus well. Okay, so the, ch the church, I, I don't even know where to start on what the church has meant to me. It's like, I feel like my relationship with God would not even be close to where it is without the church. It's just like, I don't know, it's impacted my life crazy. Like the, it almost made me realize like with the whole church like closing down and stuff, even in the last little while, that it's that community that's really grown my relationship with God over the last however long. And you almost don't realize that that's the that it's that community that's so important to you for as you like grow with it. It's like I feel like even in my normal life when I'm just like not at church or what I'm just such a connections person all the time. It's like who I'm talking to and who I'm with and I care like what people think of me and like the groups I'm with and what they think of me and I just like come to church and I realize that it's this group that is it really matters like the influence that I get from everyone here is just so good. Yeah. Yeah, so like uh, well, like, I know, like, for me personally, like, um, I can believe in God and trust in God on my own, but it is so much easier with a building full of people who love and trust God just like I do that to just help keep me accountable even and just stay committed to that, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, no, just the just the caring, yeah. Like, my heart for the house is just, like, the care that I feel like people have for me here and feel like everyone has. Like, it's just the love of God just fills me and everyone here that just, like, with just loving people. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Um, I, as a young person, can feel like it's super easy to sit out there and just blend right in with what's going on. It's so easy, as a young person, I've known to, like, look up on stage and see someone talking up here, someone playing a guitar, singing, whatever they're doing, and 
be super glad with what's going on and don't think that I need to be a part of it. I can look up there and say, they got it handled. They got, if, if, I, I can look from the, if I can look from the congregation and say they have it handled, why would I need to get up there and get it handled, right? But they were young ones too, like me. They were the ones sitting there and looking up and saying, they got it handled. And so, I don't know, it's just so, I feel like what's almost broken me out of that was just realizing as I grow that it's like, we, can, we as young people can do that too. We can get up there and we can be a part of making church happen. And that's like, oh, like even, it's almost like in the last little while that I've been like really trying to like realize my potential almost, I guess. And I feel like lots of young people are, that eventually you just break out and like, I guess that's mainly my message to like young people here is that we need to, we're the future of the church. There's no, like, the people that are up there now, I mean, they, they're only, only around for so long. Hey? <laughs> Look around the room. We need, I see young people. <laughs> they're not, not around forever. We need <laughs> no, like, they, they were young, and they, they probably looked up there and said, they, they were probably thinking the same thing. As you grow in the church, it's like, eventually someone's got to take over, right? And... I can just look at that legacy that's left by the people out there and yeah. just know that I want to continue that. Yeah. It's, the, it's the, the power that I feel that letting the Holy Spirit speak through the leaders of the church that just makes me want to be that and just help and just help the message of the church continue through the generations and through, and like especially right now, society and the world is changing a lot. There's a lot of change in the world. And that's the whole thing. Even like Jazz said, following trends, trends change, the world change, but God is unchanging. And we can, if we recognize that, we can get up here and we can accommodate to the change. I mean, this morning we had no drum kit for the whole morning. And I bet you half, the, half of anyone even noticed because God is unchanging and God won't. It, it doesn't matter. He perseveres and he comes through. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Ah, yeah. I just, I'm like, have been so excited lately to come to church and just, I love that I can be a part of people's growing relationship with God and that I can grow, it just grows even my relationship with God that I can be a part of that. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's mainly why I have a, have a heart for the house. I love to serve and I want to see, I want to see the church grow and I want it to be a part of that next generation. Spencer, you did great. We know what a morning of technological rattling can do to your, your focus. You did very good. Some of you don't know what he does when he stands back up there. You were on MD today, weren't you? He, MD, which means he is giving directions to Jeremy and all the other singers and everybody else who is on an instrument. He's telling them what to do, where to go, what's happening next. That is challenging when everything breaks down and the plan that you had does not work. So well done, guys. Well done. You guys can go ahead and have You guys can go on. Yeah. So good. You know what? I really, um, I love hearing from, you know, guys like Spencer, Jazz, and others, you know, at different times, and we've had shotgun up here. But I specifically, somebody like Spencer, who has been in the church all his life. And, you know, this is just, I'll just, I'll just pump you up, Spencer. We'll just do that, both you guys. But specifically, because... You know, a lot of times, kids who grow up in church can kind of go, eh, it gets familiar. 
it becomes, oh, it's just a thing we do. And it's not saying that he's probably not had those Sundays. But at the same time, man, there's power in that consistency of family and bringing and bringing and bringing. And there is a power that can be passed on generationally that takes work. It takes consistency. Parents, if you're frustrated, don't give up. If you've got young kids, don't give up. But you know what? I just want to take, I want to wrap this up. Why heart for the house? You know, I really believe it's about creating and investing in an environment for growth. Not just growing a big church because we want a big church, but this is about investing in an environment for growth. Growing lives, a place where families can be grown, a place where marriages can be grown, healthy marriages can be grown. Not, not necessarily perfect, not necessarily problem-free, but healthy, healthy friendships, where community, where connection can grow, where business ideas and influence can grow. It's, that's what the church is. It's a growth environment where we can grow and influence. But you know what? Even grow with an environment where hope can grow, where a sense of purpose can grow, a sense of perspective when there's a lot of different voices and a lot of different stuff that's kind of like, pick me and listen to me and this is a way and this is a way. No, you need, the, you need a perspective that will be constant because of not just what we're saying, but because of who we're about and who we're centered on, Jesus Christ. And you know, and when, you know, and this is how I see it. You know, when, if you look at um, one of the ma main metaphors right through, um, the, right through scripture and one of the most common metaphors that God uses to tell his story is a metaphor that involves plants, plants of all kinds, trees, fruit, seeds, the works. Here's the question. When you're trying to grow stuff in not so great environments, i.e., the culture and world that we live in today, <laughs> when you're trying to grow stuff in not so great environments, what do you need? What do you need? Online, why don't you, if you think you know what it is, type the answer in the comments right then and there. What do we need? When you're trying to grow something in a not so great environment, you know what you need? You need a greenhouse. Greenhouses. You know what greenhouses make possible? This is what a greenhouse makes possible. Greenhouses allow seeds to grow and flourish in every season, even when there's not supposed to be any fruit, any food, any beauty. Greenhouses allow things to grow in every season, even in the seasons when there's not supposed to be any. Even when there's seasons when there's not supposed to be any hope, when there's not supposed to be any joy, when there's not supposed to be any celebration, greenhouses, the, the church is God's greenhouse. And that's what's so amazing because you can come in and yes, you're part of this greenhouse called the corporate body, God's church, God's family, God's house. Man, your life can flourish in a season when it not, shouldn't be. You can have joy in a season when there's no reason you should have joy. You can have peace. You can have strength. You can have community. You can have a sense of hope and a sense of stability when everything else around you is being shaken. God's house is a greenhouse that allows things to grow in the seasons there's not supposed to be any. 
And that's what the church is. It's a greenhouse that allows the seeds that God has planted and the seeds that God is planting. The church is those greenhouses, that greenhouse where those seeds can grow and flourish. Seeds called the next generation. Seeds called your kids next door in Voltage or in preschool or in the nursery or we're really hoping we can get the nursery for the little babies going so you might have them in this room. Seeds called the next generation, but also seeds in the next generation. You know, seeds like the words we heard even just a few minutes ago from Jazz and Spencer. And you know what? That's the thing about seeds. You know, God's word is the same in them as it is coming through anybody else. It just might come looking different. It might come sounding different. But here's the thing about seeds. If we embrace it, not just, oh, wasn't that a cool message? Those guys are so cool. Isn't that sweet? Nice little next generation guys. No, but if we embrace it as, you know what? This is a seed. This is God's word in them. And if we can receive that, not just on a day to like today, but on an ongoing basis, the seeds that God speaks, it, God's word gets in us and it does what God's word does. It transforms, it renews, it, in, it inspires, it strengthens, it transforms you on the inside. It gives you hope. Tell the person beside you, be a greenhouse. You want to be a greenhouse. God's church is the greenhouse where seeds in the form of ideas and passion and abilities influence perspective, stories in you and in us together. They grow. Seeds in the form of new expressions of church. You know, like Mike mentioned last week, one of the new expressions that's going to be launching in November for us is our online location. You'll be hearing more about that as it goes on, but creating a place and a space not just to watch, but a place to connect, to grow, and, and to grow spiritually and discover who Jesus is and who you are in his story. The seeds, we want to be that greenhouse where seeds can grow, but especially seeds in the form of you and your life. Because you know what? You are a seed. Your life is a seed. And you might look at your life and you might think, my life is really a seed. There's not much significance about my life. It's just a little seed. But you know what? Our hand, our life. In 1 John, he said, God, I love this. God's seed is deep within them, making them who they are. You know what that means? God's DNA, God's seed is in you. And you might not know that. You might not realize that. But God is a gardener. He just can't wait to, for you to put your life in his hands and let him plant you in his family, in his purpose, in a community called the church, in his house to plant you in his love for your life and his purpose for your life. God wants to plant you so your life can flourish. I want to invite you to stand, church. I want you to just close your eyes and we're going to pray. What has God put in you 
What is the seed that your life represents? What is the seed that God's put in you that God wants to bring to a flourishing in this season? What will you trust him with? There is so much in you, you know, but Paul said in Ephesians 3, he said, what God does is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think or imagine what God is doing, what God desires to do in you, what God desires to do through you, what God desires to do in and through his church. It is beyond our ability to imagine so the minute you can imagine something great God's already got something bigger he's got something better he's got something greater for your life than you can imagine and I want to speak that hope into you today because some of you have been so discouraged and so distraught and you're thinking is anything going to change yes God is getting ready to cause his flourishing plans, his flourishing life to come through you. Can we pray? You know what? If you've never made a decision to say yes to following Jesus, today is that day. And we all pray together on online, church online. You can pray as well, whether you're by yourself or, you know, if you're with people and it's kind of awkward, it's like, oh, nobody else is praying. We'll just, you know, everybody just close your eyes and you can pray quietly. But in the room, church, you're here I want us to all can we pray this pray together just say Jesus thank you for all that you are everything that you've done for me Jesus I say yes to following you I receive your life would you cause my life to flourish and be a channel of blessing to the world around me We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.